everybody and I jumped the gun on my hootie hoo, but oh well, what you gonna do? Hello everyone, welcome to the show, welcome to episode 160, and um, yeah, up and uh, moving around and I'm lively today, why I don't know, I'm just, just feeling it. Feeling, I'm feeling a vibe, man. And uh, yeah, I guess we just, this is kind of a shorter episode, but I haven't done one, a short one in a while, but we're going to get into it. Um, I will say, look out for an episode coming up. Might be, might even be the next one. I'm not, I'm not going to guarantee it. I'll uh, pre-warn you, but I'm, I'm putting, I'm putting out an episode, a vaulted episode, where it's an episode that I had I'd done previously a couple of years ago. Um, for New Year's where I'm, I'm super depressed and I'm just kind of expressing how I'm feeling and I'm just kind of uh, I'm really upset uh, just kind of had it with with everything just life was just hitting me uh, really hard that day and just feeling really lonely and so I want to put it out because I want to I want to show you kind of a day where I wasn't feeling like me and I wasn't feeling advocating I wasn't feeling like trying to be strong I was I was okay with um, letting in the sadness, um, but I, I didn't want to put it out. I just didn't feel like it was a good time. But I think it's okay. I want to put it out. It's not. I wasn't embarrassed about. It. I just didn't know if it was like worth putting out. Um, but yeah, it might be the next episode. I'll I'll I'll, I'll see because sometimes so many guests come at once, and then it's like oh, I don't want to put that there. I want to I want to be able to move somebody up a week at least. So, um, but yeah, I, I I might be putting that out next week. So if if that's something that you're interested in, you want to see me having a bad day. Um, and it's not like it was bad, like I'm saying I'm going to kill myself or anything, but just just sad um, just and just tired of everything. So, uh, yeah, I will um, see you in a second. We're going to get into the guest and um, let's just let's have some fun and have a conversation, right? All right, guys. All right, guys, I am back again. Uh, I got a little energy here because just got home from work and just trying to get some things done. But um, yes, uh, so as I said, sometimes I get on here and I try to find guests for specific disabilities because some are, uh, some are harder to find than others. Um, and I've had my friend Alex on here who has the same condition. Um, but I specifically kind of wanted a female version's take of, of this condition uh, for multiple reasons. But uh, when I was looking up uh, guests or looking up specific uh, advocates for this condition, um, she was one of the first names to come up. And I messaged her and she uh, graciated me and, and was very gracious and um, wanting to come on. So um, can you want to introduce yourself? You know, tell us a little about yourself. Tell us your name. Hi, my name is Becky Sakula, and I am a person with dwarfism. I also identify as having a physical disability by having dwarfism, and I am a resident of Massachusetts. I work to help companies advance disability inclusion with the hopes of reducing the unemployment rate for people with disabilities, and I'm also a motivational speaker trying to advocate for inclusion in schools especially when students with disabilities transition from elementary to middle or middle to high school and meet a whole new group of people. I want to be that educator advocate to create a more inclusive environment before they have to go through that awkward transition, meeting a lot of people who could be potential bullies as new encounters. 
For sure. Absolutely. And that's some of the things that came up when I was like kind of researching you. And um, one of the one of the things I really, you know, before we kind of delve into your life, one of the things I really one of the main reasons why I wanted to have a female on here is when looking up and I'm sure you get this when when looking up, uh, especially females with dwarfism, there's a whole like fetishized, sexualized thing where it's it's hard to find like real advocates uh, for dwarfism. They're they're like, obviously you're one of them, um, but it, it was so frustrating on my end because I know that's not what all people with dwarfism um, are about. But it's what you see the most of, and maybe it's the algorithm. I don't know. Um, I don't know. What, what's your take on it? What's tricky is there are only about 64,000 people with dwarfism in the United States. So in most environments that I walk into, the people I see have not seen a little person in real life. The perceptions they've seen come straight from the media. So because of the reality TV outlets that exist out there, there have been some shows that have accentuated uh, the perception and stigma around fetishes. And it really bothers me because there's so much more to our population and what we can offer to society as professionals and human beings. And it's unfortunate that we're viewed in that way because I want to be treated just like the person next to me and society doesn't always agree. Yeah. I mean, you already have the problem of being small and that's already going to be frowned upon or looked at weird or whatever. And then when you have this other stigma attached that it's a sexual thing. um, And again, I think there's a lot, again, there's a lot going on, especially like Instagram and TikTok, where you see a lot of women shaking their ass and doing things like that. But it's like you said, there's only 64,000 of you. And then you split that in half of being a woman. It's like it. And if that's all people are seeing. And, and again, like you said, there's not many people like I've probably seen three people in my life with dwarfism in person. So if, if all your image and like the propaganda that's being put out is that all women with dwarfism are just that it really is got to feel frustrating as a person who in your, as yourself, who's trying to advocate and it's kind of convoluting your, you know, what your message, even though, you know, you're doing nothing to cause it. Exactly. Um, and I don't think yeah. people who are playing out those roles and perceptions realize how much harm they're doing to the perception of the community. At the end of the day, it's a job they're accepting. And I know with, social media sometimes it may not be a paid opportunity but it could lead to paid opportunities Uh, so people view it as that's how they're going to brand themselves and show the world but it harms the rest of the population when that happens for sure absolutely yeah i I definitely wanted a female's take on it because like i said i've had my friend on who he's a male and um it's i mean it's still he still has a valid perspective but um like i said it was frustrating for me as a male and who um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what's the proper term to say full size. I don't, I have no idea. Cause it's just, we live in this average, average size. Okay. I like, I, I, I'm not a very politically correct person. I have respect for everyone, but it's like, there's so many things that have changed now that I just don't know what's what anymore. Um, but yeah. And as a person like that, it's just, I, it was frustrating for me because I just genuinely want to find people with dwarfism or little people who are going to share their story and, and give them a platform where they can speak. And it's like, all I could find was girls twerking and things. And it's like, my God, like, this is sad. Like, I, this is not, and I know that's not what you guys are about, but 
it, it just was so out in the front and you know this is all you can see um yeah so uh, this is like a question i've asked many people with disabilities because i've gotten it myself um when, when like as a kid like did you actually realize that you were kind of different from other people I remember since I was like five or six, I was leaving soccer practice. I participated in sports among my average height peers. And when I was leaving soccer practice, I got in the car with my dad and I told him that I, um, I told him that I didn't want to be a little person anymore. And it was related to the fact that I couldn't run as fast as my friends. And I felt discouraged and just wished that things could change. And he had a great response that, led to me not asking that question again, why do I have to be this way? So it was a moment, but it didn't last for long. I think I was reminded throughout my childhood that I have the support and should feel empowered to do what I want to do. And I shouldn't let my difference get, get me down. And fortunately that worked in my favor as far as self-esteem goes and acceptance of myself and my disability. Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we, it all hits us at some point. Again, I wasn't born with mine, so it happened when I was four. But, I mean, even as a kid, I didn't realize until I got into, like, school. And, and kids would kind of make fun of you for it. And you're like, oh, so I'm not like you for some reason. Um, right. Yeah, and it, it's a it's a harsh reality. Um, but, you know, again, you find ways to get through the pain. And, you know, again, I, I don't know. How old are you? Is it okay to ask? I'm 39. Okay, so I'm 34, so you're five years on me. So, but roughly around the same age where we kind of grew up in, we're kind of the last generation before the internet like kind of took off. So we were able to escape uh, social media bullying, uh, at least as a kid. And uh, we kind of know what it's like to go home and have like a safe haven where we can actually, you know, breathe and know that like, oh, somebody's not going to post a picture of me doing something weird. Uh, or what is considered weird to others. Um, whereas now kids have it so much worse because now like they cannot, they don't have that escape anymore. It's kind of mm -hmm. sad. It's really frustrating. But um, did you go through any kind of bullying or anything? I didn't in elementary or middle school. So I had a pretty good support system and group of friends that were there to prevent any potential bullying. But there's more social isolation when I got to high school and a lot of my friends started dating and I just didn't get invited to go out places as much as I did at an earlier age. Yeah. <clears throat> now, again, I, I don't know how to ask this, but like, so again, obviously you're smaller than most people, but like, were you born small or did you just like, yeah. okay, you were okay. I was born with dwarfism. Okay. Um, but I, di I didn't know, like, like I tell my grandma, this is something, this is maybe a stupid analogy, but I, I tell my grandma that like, she's, she's now 90 going to going on 91, but she's like looked old for a long time. And now she's like, she's looked the same for 30 years. So I'm like, I was wondering if it was just like you were born small and then you just grew, like you grew really slowly. And then once you became a teenager, it's like, oh, she's, she's just not growing anymore. Um, but you were actually born small. So, mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now for those are like, again, not many people know any, uh, people with dwarfism or, or, you know, know much about them. Like, how is it that your dwarfism besides, you know, your height, how does it affect you? Cause I know, I've, I've know a lot of people with dwarfism actually go through a lot of chronic pain and things. 
Yeah, I had multiple surgeries growing up. I have narrow ear canals, so I had tubes in and out of my ears. I had some, I was bow-legged. When I was three years old, I had bone taken out of my legs and then bone put back in to straighten them when I was 13. And then I had major back surgery, seven pieces of my lower vertebrae removed when I was 15 um, to release spinal cord compression. So that is something common with achondroplasia, the type of dwarfism that I have, which is the most common. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't stop us from showing up and doing what we need to do. And there are ways to manage the pain as well. I do not experience pain in everyday life, but there are times where I could feel sore re- related to just joints and compression. Yeah, for sure. Because um, your, your condition is so interesting in many ways because I've, I've seen arguments where people make there's always that, you know, group of people that has to make, you know, what's a disability, what's not disability. Even like mental health is like people don't know what to put it, where to put it. And, you know, doing this show and obviously having a disability, but, you know, so kind of focused on my own problems for a long time. It was hard to kind of realize like what deaf people go through or what, you know, paraplegics go through or whatever. And um, there's a few like Tourette's and dwarfism. and there's some where it's like, okay, like, uh, they have some problems, but like how, how many problems do they have? And, and obviously learning about your condition and things like Tourette's where it's like there was a lot more going on there than people realize. It's just some of it's more uh, invisible. And that's kind of where I like the movement that has kind of taken off where a lot of these invisible disabilities, people are speaking up like people with chronic pain. Yeah. And, and it, I mean, it's kind of obvious because when I saw the argument that someone was making about dwarfism not being a disability, I was like, well, that's silly. But, and I saw what they were saying. Well, they, you know, well, they have vision, they have perfect vision, they have this, they have that. But it's like, you have to imagine growing up, being born smaller, like there has to be some sort of bone problems and, and just physical things that are going on because you're not meant to be that small. Um, you would imagine that there has to be a lot of pain and, and, ailments that come with it that you know a lot of people don't understand yeah i mean it, it, it's, it's hard not to feel bad for anybody who's going through something um and i you know i again i i have that empathy and again knowing what it's like to have a disability so i, I get it but yeah, I, I think people see us and I think we're like a huge reminder of like how life can be kind of screwed up. And again, we make the best of it. But to some people on the outside, it's like, like for me with vision problems, I've seen people try to blindfold themselves to imagine what it's like to be me or, or someone who has worse vision than me. And it's like, yeah, but that's not really how you're going to determine that because you have right. the realization of being able to take that blindfold off and the light coming through and you'll be okay. But some people like, I mean, again, I can see some, but people who are totally blind, they they don't wear a blindfold. They can't see anything. It's pitch black to them. Um, so you may have a little anxiety attack with having that blindfold on, but again, taking it off, you can breathe and feel better to them. That is their norm. The blindfold, they can't see anything. So, um, uh, again, I, you know, as a person who who is smaller, like, or just having a disability, forget forget your actual condition. Like, do you kind of take challenges now? Like, now that you're an older woman, and I don't mean like old, but 
you're mature, you, do you take challenges with your disability? Like, do you like, cause you know, life is not made for, for us, but we find ways to make it work. So do you take challenges and, 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 uh, accomplishing things that, uh, in, in different ways than others would? Yeah, I think what the, the big piece of what I do is I, I'm real with myself. There are certain things that I just don't engage with because I know that they're going to be challenging, but I find other things that may work better. So it really is just as an adult, I can navigate what's already going to be an uncomfortable situation or what's something that I can tolerate. Sure. So you put yourself in positions to succeed and, and try, you know, you don't, you don't do things that are going to like completely screw you over. Like for me, like I know like driving is out of the equation. Like I, right. I have taken a lot of limitations that are, some people would perceive me to have off the table, but I know driving is one that I'm like, okay, I'm not going to attempt because I'm going to look like an idiot. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um, is there any, any kind of methods or techniques that you use? Cause I think every person with a disability has their own ways of, uh, doing things, um, just like in daily life, like, you know, for you, like, I don't know, like where you live, like, how do you reach, again, it's a stupid question, but how do you reach cabinets or do certain things? Like, do you, do you have, go ahead, I'm sorry. So I had to travel with a step stool, have step stools around my house, uh, and just get creative with solving problems. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Um, have you, have you gotten, again, because you're more mature now, have you gotten way more comfortable within your skin and understanding your disability and appreciating it? Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, now, a lot of the work that you do, does it have anything to do with your disability? Is it, or is it just more, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what you do. So, I would say yes. So I'm allowed to show up as my whole self at work and it absolutely applies. It wasn't always the case the work that I did applying to my lived experience, but for the past six years, everything I do, there's a value add by being a person with a disability, doing the work that attracts people with disabilities to the workplace. Okay. Now, do, do you ever like specifically uh, advocate just for, for dwarfism just as a whole? Yeah. I figured you did. So, but. I work with the organization Little People of America to advocate for employment for people with dwarfism. Sure. Um, so, like, what what are some of the arguments against that, or that you've like? Because again, people with disabilities are discriminated anyway, and and a lot of us, unfortunately, again, you and I are able to work, but some of us either. Well, I, th- I think anybody can attempt to work somewhere, but. Um, I don't know. Like, what are some of the arguments against hiring people with dwarfism? Like, have you heard any, like, I mean, I know they're not valid, but is there any yeah. things, a lot of job descriptions that are old job descriptions may say that you must lift a 50 pound box and that may be challenging for someone. So it's really important for employers to be aware that they need to be honest and truthful in their job descriptions to describe exactly what's required of the job and what would be a nice to have, because that's something that maybe someone else in the office could help with. Um, it may be assumed that little people can't drive, but we can. We use pedal extensions in order to do that. So there's nothing that we really can't do when it comes to jobs that may require driving. I, I would just say maybe if it's 
something where you have to be up on the top of the building. It would be the person's choice to decide if they can really get up there safely. Mm-hmm. It's really just the stigma that comes from the media, the negative perceptions. Yeah. Causes just- people to be doubtful of our capabilities. For sure. I've, I've kind of heard some of those, but I'd rather hear from you. And, and just because they're all similar to ones I've heard with other disabilities, just there are specific ones that are designated for you guys, unfortunately. Um, but it all kind of comes down to being like a liability or just ignorance to knowing like what we can and can do. Like you said, like some people think that short people, like little people cannot drive. And it's like, well, of course they can. There are other things, there are other methods. And that's why I was asking you earlier, kind of like not just the stepping stools, but just, yeah, those extended pedals, things that you use that make your life like they're, they're typical things you use. You don't even think about anymore as like accessories to your life. Um, but they are like real things that are made. And it's great that there are people out there that create these type of equipment for us because it does make our lives so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one of the things that I'm like super passionate about uh, is mental health. Um, how, how have you kind of navigated through that aspect of life and, and, and part of you? Cause obviously I'm, I'm pretty sure you've gone through it, uh, many times. Yeah, I think it's not fun when the world reminds us that we're different, especially in major cities. So people will point, stare and laugh. I think it's more impact in a bad way when it's someone who I know well. So if I know someone well who I would assume could do better, uh, that impacts how I feel and how much it may affect me inside. But I really have been surrounded by people that look me up most of my life. So I haven't let it get me down as much as maybe others would. But just even other life experiences that don't necessarily have to do with dwarfism can be overwhelming, especially with the pandemic. I'm an extrovert. I like to be out traveling and it was really hard to stay inside. It took a total. Yeah. Yeah, I did on a lot of people, but, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think, I don't know about you, but I mean, though I, I still have some mental health, it's better than it used to be because I'm more content with my life situation and just what I've gone through. And, starting to appreciate myself more and appreciate life. Um, but I still have days every so often where I'm just like, life just won't stop hitting you. Um, and you just need a a day to kind of reprieve and just breathe. And, but the difference is, is many years ago when I was at my worst, I would sit there and dwell in it for weeks or months. And now it's like maybe a 24 hour thing at best. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I, cause kind of, I want to, you know, I don't want to keep you too long, but it's to tackle some of the like stigmas and the things that are the misconceptions is the word I'm looking for with, with, with dwarfism. Like, um, actually I guess before I get into that, so it, well, I guess it's kind of a misconception. So is, is dwarfism, is, is it something genetic? It is, um, a genetic condition that causes all different things. So people may, it may be a mutation. 80% of people with dwarfism are born into average families. So it's a mutation in one of the chromosomes that causes someone to have dwarfism. But then if it is two people with dwarfism having a child, 
that it's known facts that they may have a child with dwarfism as well. Um, so I would just say that it can kind of come from all angles. Sure. Now, how how about your parents? What were were they average height? Average height. My dad's feet tall. Okay. Interesting. Uh, were they part of the, again, I don't know how close you are with your family, but were they part of your group of, you know, your close niche group that kept you moving and, and kept you positive? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's very important. Doing it alone mm-hmm. is where I think things get really touchy. Yeah. When you have someone who even, even again, it, it, it doesn't have to be someone that's like your situation either. If it's just someone that's just like, so I don't care about this. Why should you? Yeah. you know, not even just like suck it up, like tough love, just someone who just is keeping you balanced and just saying, Hey, like, so what you have love here. You may not, it may be hard to find love right now from whoever, but we love you. So we're in your corner. So you're not alone. And that like is everything. <clears throat> um, so is there again, cause, because I don't get to talk to many people with your condition. Like, is there certain misconceptions with dwarfism that you feel if they, you know, whatever, like, what are they? Like, is there certain misconceptions that you feel like need to be talked about more? And and like I said, if they are, like, what are they? A big thing is because of our short stature, I'm still four feet tall as a 39 year old adult. People may assume that I can't keep up with the conversation. So they're confused when I can open my mouth and have a intellectual conversation. So there's a lot of stigma. I'm not saying that all people with dwarfism don't have a cognitive disability, but most people don't. So it assumes that we do just because of our size. People seem to talk to us like we're a kid, and that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Sure. Well, I mean, look, I'll be honest. Like That's how a lot of people talk to people with disabilities, period. But I can imagine mm-hmm. it's got to be like, it's got to be much worse for you guys because of being smaller it's like, oh, look at you. And it's like, no, like, I'm an adult. And you're going to talk to me like that. And and I'm sure some some probably don't speak up for themselves enough because they're shameful or, or however. But, you know, it, it takes someone like you who's strong to actually have to speak up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you did say you had a physical disability. Is that part of dwarfism or is it something else that was added on? Dwarfism is defined under the Americans with Disabilities Act as a disability, and I um, identify as physical because it's my physical features that are different. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Gotcha. I I wasn't sure if it was something else because, yeah. Uh, What was I going to ask you? Oh, one of the questions that – so I've talked on here before. I've talked about just having a disability and, and just dating. Um, and just from my perspective, how is how has that worked in for your favor as, as a woman? Um, I can only give the guy's perspective, and obviously, someone who's average height and visually impaired, uh, there's definitely many challenges. Uh, I could imagine there's probably some with you know having dwarfism for in your case. Yeah, for me, it's just worked being with another person with dwarfism. Uh, but there's definitely a fetish issue, like you had said earlier on. Uh, Earlier in the dating years, there were a lot of people that I had to filter out fast because of um, not true intentions. And then I really think that people who I'd be able to trust as maybe someone who's the sibling of someone with a disability because you know they're genuine and they would be willing to um, 
just explore and get to know someone with a disability. But outside of that, it's really hard to find people who you can trust that don't have that same disability. Yeah, and I mean, I'm assuming if you're if you're trying to find someone of average sight or average size to date, you know, you gotta hope that they're not, not trying to go back to what you know. One of my first questions was with the fetishize and all that thing. Like they, hopefully, they find you attractive and they want you for who you are. And then at the same time, if you don't live in like a giant city and you live in like the small town, you could be the only person in that town with dwarfism. Right. And that's got to be, so. it's got to, again, we talk about loneliness all the time, but that has to feel so like sad and lonely for, for a person who's trying to find love. And, um, you know, I'm glad things have worked out for you. Again, are you married? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, good for you. That's awesome. Um, yeah, uh, what, do they have dwarfism as well? Yeah. Okay. So you kind of, you guys know how to just kind of stick together and I'm sure he's probably a very good support system as well. Yeah. That's good. Does he, is, is he kind of participate in any of your events as far as like, um, you know, motivating? Not yet. No? Is that the goal though? Maybe. Oh, okay. Hey, nothing wrong with it. I mean, that's, but either way, at least you have someone who understands that's, that's gotta be, it's gotta feel really good. Cause it's, 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 it's one thing to have a person who's like in your corner, like your parents and friends and things, but it's another to have someone in your corner who actually like fully understands what you're going through. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, oh, so do I didn't, yeah, I said it off mic, but I didn't, you didn't really say anything. Like, do you, do you have anything to promote? Because you're more than welcome. Any websites or anything or social media or anything? People can go to BeckyMotivates.com and they can learn about my speaking. I really love speaking in schools and helping businesses. Okay. Uh, my last question. So for anybody who's kind of going through, you know, kind of speaking to the younger Becky, the one when you were kind of trying to figure out who you were and all that, like, do you have any kind of advice for, and it doesn't have to be a female, but anybody who's going through it with, with dwarfism, um, trying to like land on their feet and kind of figure out who they are and where they're going in life. They don't get give up and don't let other people's opinions get in the way of what you want to achieve. Okay. Pretty short and sweet. Um, yeah, I, I, I really do appreciate you coming on. Um, of course. I think you're an awesome person. I love what you're doing. Um, if you ever need anybody for anything, just support in general. I'm here. You need a friend more than welcome. Um, you have my number. Uh, I will let you know when it comes out and be the first one to know. Yeah. But, um, like I said, is there anything I can do for you? Please just reach out to me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope you, uh, I hope you have a good day. Okay. You too. Take care. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hi, guys. Um, I hope that was good. I, I enjoyed it. I know she was kind of short answered, so I had to kind of carry this one. And I don't mean to say that to put it. I think she she's kind of worn out, too. She's had so many phone calls to this. And uh, either way, she she's a very busy person and she took the time out to come on. And I'm, I'm very grateful. So. Uh, so this will be a shorter episode, but either way, it works. Um, thank you for her. And um, I'm just trying to think of, since it's a shorter episode, to give you guys any updates on me. Uh, again, still eating healthier and just trying to feel better and um, still trying to work on the mental health. I, I got so many issues. So many. Like now I'm having all these little physical things, just little things. 
But you know how a bunch of little things can add up. Like my knee is popping for no reason. And so I'm getting a tennis ball to kind of like rub on. Apparently that helps. And, you know, not to be gross, but I'm having trouble going to the bathroom. And no, I'm not talking about peeing. Um, so, yeah, just it's just it's one thing after another, guys. I swear to God, I just it, it can't have it all. But it's okay. Uh, I'll live. I'll get through it. I'll find ways out of it. And um, still, I'm getting closer getting this procedure done. I plan on doing an episode where maybe I can just kind of give you little updates through the episode um, when I get to Kentucky and just kind of mindset where I'm at. And I'm, I plan on doing something like that. So um, look out for that at some point. And um, yeah, I hope everybody's having a good week. Um, you know, just there's sadness and chaos all around us, but. We have to keep going. Somebody has to continue to keep the fight going and, and try to put out positive energy and keep this ship, you know, this rocky ship afloat. So, uh, again, I'm very grateful for anybody who listens to this. I'm not just people who know me, uh, anybody out there. And if you're a person who's struggling with, with anything, uh, a condition with, um, you know, mental health, with, with just any financial issues, with you know, addiction, whatever, just stay strong, find somebody to lean on and be able to put your weight on. Um, and again, I'm always out there. If you want to try to find me, uh, I will talk to anybody. I promise you that I'm desperate. I need friends. No, I will. I will promise. I will talk to anybody if you're out there. Um, even if I don't know what you're completely going through, I will listen and I'll try to give advice the best I can. And if I can't give it to you, I might find, I can find you somebody who will. Um, because I know a lot of people now that are going through something similar to you. And that's why I'm trying to add this eclectic group of friends and, and, and people that come on and, um, to share their stories and, and hopefully it helps one of you not feel so alone because I know what it feels like and, um, it's not good. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say one more thing and I brain fog kicked in. Um, I would let you hear Bullet, but I don't know. He, he was laying here. You might've heard him purring earlier, but he... He jumped down. Um, Bullet, you around, buddy? Bullet. Yeah, I don't know where he went. But, um, yeah, guys, I, I guess that uh, I really hope everyone is doing okay. I know I say that uh, so much, but I'm try, trying not to repeat myself, but maybe I'm just kind of insecure. I just keep worrying about repeating myself a lot, but um, especially when you're having new conversations with people and it's a similar conversation you've had with others, you tend to repeat yourself and you do a bunch of these and this is episode 160. So it happens, right? Um, but anyway, guys, thank you again. And, uh, I'm going to get out of here and uh, we'll get something to eat. So I'll see you guys as they say on the flip side. Bye-bye.